Um, I tell y'all this every time, but just to sit down and see all of you who care so much about the Lord and want to come together and all of us take the same walk, that just, I don't know, it's just such a blessing to me. I could just stand here and stare at y'all for the next 45 minutes. It'd make my day. Um, this morning, uh, our usual or regular or ordinary teachers who wrote the book that we've been talking about are both out, and so I am filling in for them. Hopefully, a lot of you got an email this week. If you're on our email list, if you're not, give me your email address, and we'll be sure and add you. But the question um, or the that I sent out was a passage for us to look at, but also to see if any of you... Um, have been listening in class all the things that they've been talking about, about listening to the Spirit and partnering with God. If any of you have a testimony or something you would like to share with the group, certainly no pressure, but also want to give you opportunity if you've had something that's kind of been burning on your heart that you'd like to share and give you a chance to do that. Some of you are thinking, do I? Do I not? I I have one that I plan to share in a little bit. I'm just trying to decide whether I'm going to cry or not. I don't know if any of you are like that. You're like, I can share things, but it'll make me cry. Where is Chad? Is he in here? You got something, Chad? I have a particular story. Okay. the thing that comes to the, the top of my mind goes back to the whole drawing near thing that Jen had done early on and has kind of continued to lead us through. And um, Where I'm at in this stage, and I'll be honest too, I'm, I'm in a good spot where I haven't felt distant or excluded or not <coughs> I, hate, I hate to use the word worthy because I'm not worthy, but I haven't felt unworthy to be in God's presence, I guess. So I haven't struggled with the draw near part, uh-huh. but every time I've gone into that mindset of Let's try to draw near. God's calling us near. My, my thought has always been, or, or God's thought that he puts in my head has always been, I'm already here. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything different. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you're closing your eyes and changing your mindset doesn't change where I am. Always there. So I've tried to kind of keep that mindset, whether I be, whether whether in prayer, whether you know, in, in those moments of solitude, or whether mm-hmm. in complete chaos, God's presence is the same. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's not like we say, okay, now come. Okay, you go away. Now you come. Yeah. He's like, I've been there the whole time. Yeah. I never left. Thank you, Chad. Under, under duress for doing that since I called on you. Anybody else have something they want to share? And as we go along this morning, if something comes to you, raise your hand. I'm all about being interrupted, and I don't have any problem with that. Um, sometimes I feel as, I, as we're learning or going through this journey of learning how to listen and hear the Spirit, I feel a lot like being on the airplane with Lucy, our four-year-old granddaughter, a, few, a couple of months ago. Um, Lucy said, you know, Jeej, 
on this plane, when I swallow my breath water, my ears hiccup. <laughs> okay, so it's one of those statements where when she first said it, I had to kind of think about it, and I realized her ears were popping, right? And sometimes I feel that way about conversations with the Spirit because I'll hear something, or am I? But I need to think about it because initially I ha it didn't quite ring true or right. And that's the way I feel about this whole process. I'm with you, Chad. This whole thing's been a journey. Truthfully, when I was a younger Christian, I thought someone at my age had it all figured out. And now I'm figuring out the longer I go, the less figured out I have it. But yet that's okay with God. I've written the foundations up here. And uh, like I said, Jen and Andy, who wrote the book Freedom Tools that we've been talking about, have done some wonderful um, exercises and given us some thoughts that we've all kind of worked through and this book is their brainchild and it's very much based on scripture so they're both out today so I'm really going to just kind of give you my perspective on the next foundation knowing that they could probably give you a whole lot more detail than that one thing um, just the bottom line is this they have been talking about drawing near to god and where are the barriers in our lives that keep that from happening that's really what this is all about and how god wants and desires for his spirit to work with our spirit so that we can be salt and light in this world um, they've gone through the first six and some of these might ring a bell with you as far as you remember the particular week when he, they talked about these topics this week we're going to talk about a principle called partners with god now one thing that the book uh, focuses on and is very important is as you grow in this process yourself of being freed from whatever it is that's keeping you from drawing near to god the rest of that is to turn around and be able to minister to others who have wounds or who need freedom. So it's not just a matter of arriving at that place for yourself, but it's a, a continuation of that is to turn around and be salt and light to people around you and say, listen, I want to show you, I want to direct you, I want to help you feel the freedom that God wants for you. So that's really what these next two, Partners with God and a Culture of Honor, are talking about. How wonderful it would be to be equipped and empowered to help wounded and hurting people. Don't all of you feel that? I do. I just, I have a soft spot for people who are wounded and hurting because I know I've been in a place where someone walking alongside me with skin on can make all the difference, and that's what this ministry is about. Uh, Andy talked about this last week. God rarely sends a person. He typically says, look, I'm going to do such and such a thing. Do you want to join? Do you want to join in? Paul says we're co-workers. So foundation number seven is we are partners with God. Now, there's a principle they talk about in the book that I think is really quite profound, and that is this. In being partners with God, of course, we're not equals. And certainly God is taking our humanness and working with us and through us to minister to others. But there's two ditches that we can fall into. One ditch is reliance on training and technique. 
all right? So it's kind of the science behind it, right? Um, first you do this, and then you do that, and then you say this. So there's like this uh, technique. I have to tell you in my spiritual life, if you were to take this Bible that I've had for quite some time in the back, I probably have four or five Bible studies that are written out where you go from this passage to this passage. Does anybody else had this in their Bibles where you, and, and those things were not wrong. But my um, reliance on the technique was if I felt like I was interacting with someone who was searching for a relationship or an encounter with God, in my mind I thought, I've got just the Bible study for you. It's the Romans approach. It's the go through the Gospel of John. It's, and those things are not bad, but if you go into the ditch of technique and process, then you can get a little off track. On the other side of the ditch, which isn't necessarily my struggle as much as it may be some of yours, or it may even be some other uh, faith traditions, is for things to be a little more mystical without any kind of a process or a track. It's a matter of saying, well, the Lord spoke to me and told me to tell you, but I'm not necessarily using the word, and I'm not necessarily using a, uh, I hate to use the word technique, but there are processes or ways that you can go about it that are very helpful. So according to um, the process that Jen and Andy have been talking about, there really is a middle of the road, and that's the sweet spot where we can partner with God and God can do His work through us. God will find ways to work through almost any good-natured, good-hearted and prepared individual who has true compassion for a person in need and is willing to listen and obey. Whoever you are, if you love people and you have compassion for them, God's in it. He's willing and excited to work with us and through us. And I, I love that thought. I feel a whole lot better when he's in charge and not me. Now, the passage that I ask you to take a look at is uh, Luke 11, 9 through 13. It's very familiar to all of us. Truthfully, tr truthfully, I've struggled with this passage through the years. I'd like to get your input or feedback on it. Luke 11, 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Will he not give him a snake instead of a fish? He will not, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So I have a true confession. I am 61 years old, and I've never looked at that passage and thought, this is about being given the Holy Spirit. I kind of got, I stuck up there with ask, seek, knock, and thought, I'm asking for a house, Lord. I'm asking for a job. I'm asking for fill in the blank. But if you take the passage as its whole, it's saying 
the Heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him. Is this new to anybody else or am I the only one who's missed the essence of this passage? Very much so. Very much so. Wisdom, um, about asking for wisdom, and God will give it to you. It's a, it's a, it's a par- almost like a parallel universe, right? We've got spiritual things and asking for the Holy Spirit versus asking for things that are physical in nature or even worldly in nature, and I don't mean that those things are bad or wrong at all. Please don't hear me say that, but the essence of this seems to be asking for the Holy Spirit. Now, one thing Jen started out at the very beginning, and I don't know about you, but I think for a lot of people it was a little bit of a struggle when she had us seek God the Father, right? So the first question is, as you read this verse, do you believe the part about what Father, if if the child asked for an egg would give him a scorpion assuming that you believe that's how fathers respond right but once you work through that part of it now the question is when we ask for the holy spirit how do we know he gave him to us how how, what do we do with that what does the language look like for that you know we um we have several sources where we hear or listen, or experience the voice of God. First is in our own minds. Sometimes that's information, sometimes that's being analytical, sometimes that's just our thinking. Another source is the enemy. You know, Andy spent some time talking about how the enemy will take a wound or will take a sin, or will take shame, and he will twist and distort that just enough to keep us from fully experiencing the abundant life that God has for us. The enemy is busy. Notice up here, we have hidden enemies. Those issues that we face in our life, they're not random. They are are things that have occurred to us that the enemy has taken to keep us from being close to God. And then the third is being able to listen to God's voice along with that of our spirit. The spirit that we have within us is meant to walk and to be in tandem with God's spirit. Now, there are a lot of different avenues where that can happen. It can be through our senses. It can be through our memories. It can be through analysis. It can be through our imaginations, through a feeling, through an impression. And I don't know about you, but don't we always go, is that from God? I don't know. Was that it? Was that my mind? Did I make that up? Did that come from that book I read? Is that a movie? Is this really from God? God can speak, of course, however He chooses. He uses external things, touching them with significance and bringing them to our notice on the screen of senses and drives. Um, So here's where I'll tell you a story about me. So, you know, we've been doing this spirit life class, you know, for several um, semesters. And when Andy and Jen 
talked about this uh, book and Mike's been involved with some of the Freedom Prayer Ministry and so they came to our house and we talked about the class and for a week I prayed every single day I was like Lord I don't want to miss this I don't want to miss your spirits working and I don't know what it looks like and I don't know how to know it's you or not know it's you I don't want to miss it so one Friday night I went to bed and are any of you frequent dreamers you know a lot you know some of us have dream you know I've always had dreams and um, Mike's like I dreamed in fourth grade and that's the last time I remember anything about it and I'm like no no you know I, but that night I had a dream and it was the kind of dream where I woke up kind of with a start and my heart was racing and I almost woke Mike up but he's such an awful sleeper when he's finally sleeping I just couldn't bear to wake him up but my dream was this I dreamed that Mike was driving me around a college campus and it was unfamiliar, never been there, lots of cars and people, and we stopped at a building and went inside, and my two sisters, Judy and Jan, were standing there, and they said, we're having you a surprise party. And I said, but it's not my birthday. And they said, I know, we just brought together a lot of your friends and thought this would be fun. And there was cake, and I saw people I hadn't seen. I was like, it's weird, but okay, so. Mike and Judy and Jan had planned this party and the three of them lined up at one point and they said, we want to tell you we have a big surprise. We have a surprise guest. And I said, really? And they stepped aside and there sat my daddy. Well, he passed away three years ago. I thought, I told you I was going to cry. And I was like, there he is. And he was smiling at me, had on a plaid shirt and khaki pants like he always wore. And he was sitting in a chair and they said, listen, he can stay as long as you want, but he's not allowed to talk. But you can interact, you can talk to him, you can do whatever you wanna do, this is our surprise guest. And I was like, okay. So I walked right up to him and I sat in his lap. And I just sat there, I put my ear on his chest, you know, I could hear his heartbeat. And he was doing my hair around my ear like he used to do in church when I lay my head in his lap. And I just sat there. I sat there for a long time. The guests started leaving. I just kept sitting there. And then I woke up with a start. So I was like, oh, that's the sweetest thing. I don't know if any of you've ever lost someone where when you have a dream and it's so vivid, it's like you recapture a memory that maybe perhaps in the back of your mind, that's how it felt to me. So. Um, I have to finish my story. Hold on. So the next morning I got up because I had been looking through the book and reading the book because in preparation for this class. And when I first got up, I texted both of my sisters and I said, y'all, I had the sweetest dream about daddy. And I told them about it and I said, hey, thanks for throwing me a surprise party. It worked out really great. I enjoyed it and it was just a really sweet memory. And then I sat down and I was reading through this book. And I don't know if you remember at the very beginning when, I think in one of the classes, Andy read like two pages of, of passages about God. God loves you. God, he, it was just passage after passage after passage. So I was reading that particular chapter and I got to the end and it says, my child listened to me 
Papa loves you. Think about that one. Reread chapter two. Climb up on his lap. Lean your head against his chest. Hear his heartbeat. Sigh and rest. You have an exciting walk with him, and it is never too late to take his hand and say, yes, you bet, I want to come. Now, I might be a holy roller, but I made a connection between that dream and what I read that morning. And I thought, he's telling me, you're not going to miss it. It's like you, Chad. It's like he's saying, I'm here. It's not like you have to jump through 16,000 hoops to have some moment up on a hilltop He's like, I've been there all along, but apparently you're dense, so I'm going to give you this dream so that you will believe me when I say, we're already walking. You're not going to miss it. I'm not going to let you miss it. I'm going to put it right in your face. You know, that takes me back to that Luke passage because he's saying, ask and I will give it to you. Seek and you will find. And he gave me that interaction, I believe. Yes, sir. I wasn't going to mention this, but since you're talking about dreams, this class and this concept has been a challenge for me because I was not raised that way. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about the spirit because you can get all bound up in the Holy Get all a little crazy. Mm -hmm. But the reading of the book, and it talked about a young man who was having nightmares. I don't know if you remember the story. He was having nightmares, and he was talking with someone, and he finally confessed the situation. The nightmares went away. Okay, I'll give it a try. Because I've been having nightmares for, the same nightmare for several years. Really? And um, after that, reading that, I confessed to my wife something that I had done that, that was really wrong. And I never had a dream again. It's gone. Thank you. So it really worked. It really did. And you asked. And he's a, yes. he's a good yes. father, right? He didn't give you a scorpion. No. No. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I really do. And those are the things that are so personal. Y'all can tell me it may or may not be true. I really don't. What y'all think about what I just told you and what you think about what he just told you, it's our, it's our testimony and it's our interaction with God that energizes and spurs us on. And I think all this whole room is full of that, I'm sure. Those opportunities or chances. And like I said, feel free to raise your hand if you have something that you want to share with the group. The, oh, go ahead. Sure. 
And so, um, you know, I've, I've prayed about this, these nightmare things, but, um, you know, they, they kind of go with the anniversary dates of, of these particular moments. And um, they just, they're, they're there as far as part of, you know, ministry um, experiences. Absolutely. And so sometimes the Lord gives us a thorn in the flesh like Paul had that you wrestle with. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure that, well, first of all, I'm so sorry that you've had all of those things, but yet the fact you were ministering to others is exactly what we're talking about here, and that is feeling that compassion for people who are in such difficult times. I just can't imagine what it would be like to share that kind of a message with somebody. And, um, you know, God honors that ministry, yet that's hard. That's a burden for you to carry, I'm sure. That's one of the... Go ahead. And, you know, I think, I think all these partners are just walking through the fruit of the valley of death. Mm -hmm. And when you do that on a chronic basis, if you have any type of heart about this, is each one of these steps going to take a piece out of it? But at the same time, I think that God, you know, replenishes us. Yes. Uh, if we're time to, do, if we have time to do self-care, that is. Yes. Things, right? Those times where you don't, it just kind of just piles up and collects and collects and collects and collects like dust, and mm -hmm. before you know it, you're looking up and you send Jesus. I agree. Yeah. And that was one of the beautiful things about this chapter and about the concept of partnering with God. The creator of the universe partners with us. And I take great comfort in the fact that he's able. You know, he is able. Um, it humbles and it encourages us at the same time to know that we're partners with God. I think the second foundation up here, number eight, a culture of honor is equally as important. And that is this. Um, when you interact and minister, pray with, talk to someone who is looking for an encounter with God, if they say that they felt honored, that they experienced kindness, gentleness, real love and compassion, some for the first time ever, that's the goal of ministry. That's the goal of walking alongside someone. So basically that's what this culture of honor means. It means that you know that the problem is the problem. The person is not the problem. And they know it too. They know that we, God, and they are all on one side of the table. And that the issues, the sin, the wounding, and everything else is on the other side. It's a culture of honoring them as a person. Now, when people are struggling, particularly with those sin issues or those wounds, remember how he talked about being a prisoner or a captive to something that may have happened? There may be opportunity or necessity for saying things that are difficult or that are strong. At the same time, that can be done in a culture of honoring and caring. There are two passages that they talk about with this concept that I thought were so interesting. One is 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-22. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances, 
but examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, and abstain from every form of evil. And then in addition to that, Ephesians 4, 29 through 30 says, Let no unwholesome word come from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for this day of redemption. So in essence, what it is saying is, when it comes to interacting in ministry with a word, do not grieve and do not quench the Spirit. That's kind of a summary of those two verses. Do not grieve and do not quench. Now, I think, I think the, uh, for me, another way to say that is, be sure you're seasoned with truth and love, right? Because if you just love on somebody and you never give them truth, then that's compromise. But if you just give someone truth and you leave out love, that's harshness and that is not from the Spirit. Neither one by itself is from the Spirit. It's together that you get the balance, right? You're not going to grieve the Spirit by saying things that are unwholesome or that are unhelpful or that are harsh. But you're also not going to quench the Spirit if there's some truth in what you need to say to somebody about what's happening in their life. So, does everybody see the balance there? And that's, that's difficult. Yes? Um, I don't know if this is what you're talking about. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I tried to go to second service. Mm-hmm. And last Sunday, I had to go to first service. Okay. And I always know that don't ever plan anything because God always has something else. So, things are going to do something. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen, don't get stressed about it. Right. So, I went in. First, I met a man. Okay. Thank you, Rusty. That's a precious story. And that's it. You felt the urge or the prompting or whatever we call it. 
And uh, the, in the moment, you followed through with that. And yes, I think it's God ordering your day, basically. Just uh, the partner with God idea. I'm taking off, Lord. You're in charge. Help me see with your eyes all day today. Yes. Um, following the, that, um, years ago, after uh, my wife and I got past the fact that, that this life is about us, uh, we finally determined that uh, it's about the Lord and Him using us. We we started praying that uh, uh, at most times that we pray together that the Holy Spirit come into our life and use us today any way he wants to use us today. Mm-hmm. And, and one one or two people in our, uh, that I've heard that said, you know, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it, it's never been dangerous. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when we started praying uh, for a period of time, <coughs> all of a sudden I got to realizing I'm not a Billy Graham yet. Um, I'm not uh, a, a great spiritual leader yet. Um, and then uh, I finally realized that's okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not necessarily supposed to be there, and, and not likely to be there. But still, we pray that the Lord comes in our lives uh, and, and uses us every day, uh, <coughs> however, uh, however He wants wants to use us. And um, and that that brings to. Uh, mind first of all we need to be patient we need to trust our God but the big thing is we, we just uh, need to realize that in asking that it might be that every every person with which we come into contact might be there for us to allow the Lord to use us to affect their lives that's right so not just one or two people but every individual mm-hmm. person, uh, we don't have to be Billy Graham, but we can be just as what was mentioned here. That was that was a perfect example. Yes. Thank you for sharing. And you're exactly we don't wait until we've arrived and then we decide to be partners, right? We get up in the morning and go, okay, here we go. What does that look like today? Because if we're going to be salt and light, that's not something you turn off and turn on and turn off and turn on, right? According to the circumstance we tend to absolutely but that's not um, the essence of how it's meant to be anybody else yes Mm-hmm. So sweet, God's, you know, God's watching after you. 
And the woman just, the older woman just began to just boo-hoo cry. And the, the girl, she, she was not paying me any attention and she, she kind of had to swing her head to look up at me and I said, you are very, very blessed. You have someone who loves you very much. And I just felt like that's it. That's all I'm supposed to do. And I walked mm -hmm. away. And, and I could not get to my car fast enough because this overwhelming like grief. It's like for the first time in my life, I felt just an inkling of the pain that God feels for his people mm -hmm. when they're suffering. And I don't know if I did them any good, but it did me a lot of good mm -hmm. just to feel the pain that I know is, is in humankind. Yes. And how much it just helps for a kind word. So you got a message from the Spirit for yourself and then certainly blessed those two women that day. And I believe that. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to say, how many times do we have opportunities that we don't follow through? Mm -hmm. And we regret. But you know what? Let me tell you something. God every morning says, let's start all over. We're going to start all over. Today's a new day. Uh, praise God for grace. Goodness gracious. I, I, my list of, you know what? It's like a minute ago when I was talking about my dream and like Chad talking about he's there all along. And I think, I'm sorry I keep missing it. That's what I feel like saying. And he's like, don't worry about it. Come on. We're, yeah, you got another chance. We'll, we'll do it again. Don't worry about that. We're good. I mean, we're, we're, we're good. That's right. Only he was perfect, and he certainly doesn't expect us to be. Um, yes, ma'am. There's a verse, and I know I'm going to misquote it. Um, when he's the talent, I guess, mm -hmm. and he says, um, well, when you're going to, whoever was faithful and small, will, will be given more. Yes. So the more that we That's right. Yes. Well, and it goes back to the practice, you know, the, the technique, the practice, the listening, the paying attention. It, it, that's why I said you, the sweet spot is in the middle. We got those ditches on either side that distract us. Yes, sir. Next time, that's right. And, and I'll say, well, I tell you what, God, I'm pretty sure I won't do a good job next time, but you got it. You'll help me. Mm -hmm. I will. I will try to step into it. That's and, good. That's a perfect that's example. And, you know, he he's growing us. He's stretching us. Um, so.
Let's end class with a quick summary. Scripture is clear about who's in charge and who's in the driver's seat, who is the captain of the vessel. This ministry of helping those who are wounded and those who are captive and prisoner, it's His ministry. It's all God's doing. We're the flight attendants making sure the passengers are comfortable and safe. We can do that, right? Put your oxygen on before you do theirs. You know, we got that and here's the exits and that's all we got to do. He's flying the plane, okay? Take comfort in that. Debbie? Um, I apologize. I was late and I don't know if y'all have done a prayer request yet or not. Have you? We can always take prayer requests. Sure. Okay. 